Welcome to Sensible Chat. I'm Sensible Bobby. Thanks for joining me today. You know, there's been a lot of stress on parents over the last year and a half when it comes to kids' education. What are the health risks of kids being or not being in school? And what's being taught in schools is a very hot-button issue right now. But what choice do you have? Send your kids to the public school in your district, homeschool them, or pay for a private, charter, or other alternative education program. If your first thought is, I can't afford it, I've got great news. First of all, scholarships are not just for college. There are a lot of scholarships for K-12. through Do an internet search and you'll be amazed at what you'll find. Also, there are 14 states that currently offer education vouchers to low-income families and those with special needs. Eight states give you a tax deduction for tuition and related expenses, and many states offer charter schools and lots of other alternatives to traditional public education. Spend some time researching all the available options. You can also create a budget that focuses on providing money for the school of your choice. It may sound impossible, but try it before you dismiss the idea. You might be surprised how much money you can find if you look closely at your income versus expenses and make some changes. Being intentional with your money produces astounding results. After you find the money to cover this year, start planning further ahead. There's a lot more you can do with a little time on your side. Low-income families can open a Coverdell or Education Savings account and contribute up to $2,000 per year. The earnings? Tax-free, as long as you use the money for your child's education. But $2,000 won't cover everything. Another option is the 529 plan, which gives you the flexibility to save a lot more. We've talked before about 529 plans as they relate to college, but did you know you can also use them for K-12 tuition? Patricia Roberts is author of Route 529, A Parent's Guide to Saving for College and Career Training with 529 Plans. She's also CFO of GiftOfCollege.com. She joined us for the May 9, 2021 episode, Celebrating 529 Day, and detailed some of the benefits of 529 plans for college savings. But I had another conversation with her recently and asked for details about how the 529 plan can be used for K-12. through Families who have invested in 529 college savings plans can withdraw up to $10,000 per calendar year to pay for, and I'm going to read the definition because it's very precise, tuition required for enrollment or attendance at an elementary or secondary public, private, or religious school. So these funds can be withdrawn up to $10,000 a year for tuition only as required for enrollment or attendance at elementary or secondary schools that are public, private, or religious in nature. There are some considerations to be aware of though. First of all, If families start spending down funds for K-12 education that they've saved in the college savings plan, the first question that comes up is, will there be enough money when college or post-secondary education rolls around? So that is definitely something families should think about. While some families feel that providing a really strong foundation to their children by getting to a special kind of K-12 education will make them all the better prepared for college. And that's a great point. Sometimes people think we'll spend the money on that 
maybe they'll be even better prepared for college and will get some scholarships and grants. That is one school of thought. But regardless, if a family only has so much money, they really need to think about how they're spending it. A second consideration is how are the dollars invested in the 529 plan? When many individuals open 529 plans, they often select the age-based option or the years uh, to enrollment option. That's very similar, Bobby. Some of your viewers will know about um, retirement accounts where you sort of predict the year in which you're gonna retire or how many years to retirement. And the fund managers design those accounts for that target date. So if a family has invested funds initially in a 529 and they went ahead and picked an option that is designed so that the investments um, become more conservative as the child nears college, that type of investment may not be appropriate for K to 12 because those dollars are gonna come out so much sooner. So the thing I wanna caution people about is not only making sure you're gonna have enough for college in the end, but also looking at the manner in which the dollars are invested. Because if you intend to pull them out many years prior to college, you may not be in the correct type of investment option. While Section 529 was changed at the federal level, to allow K-12 tuition to be considered a qualified expense, meaning no tax would be owned on the earnings when the families withdrew the money for that purpose. Not every state conforms to federal law. Not every state is following that definition. So individuals who intend to use funds for K-12, having heard at the federal level that's permissible, should definitely check with their state 529 plan to make sure at the state level it's considered a qualified distribution or a qualified withdrawal to avoid any adverse tax consequences on the money withdrawn for K-12 tuition. I know what you're thinking. Whether you're saving for college or K-12, through where are you going to get the money to contribute to the 529 plan? They need to get the account open. That's the hardest first step, although it's quite easy, and I hope we'll talk about how easy it is. But it's, it's the leap that the parents need to take is to get the account open, start contributing whatever you can, and then invite friends and family to contribute as well. There's probably at least 40 times in your child's life that those who love that child want to do something for them. People don't know what to get your children. Bobby, I'm sure when you've been invited to birthday parties or christenings or even baby showers, you don't know necessarily what to bring. Is this something they already have? Is it something that's suitable? Is that the right size depending on the child's age or is it their preference? Telling friends and family that you've got an account open and you'd love a contribution of any amount can really take the weight off of them as well. Getting the account open can also enable your employer to contribute. But if you're trying to save for K-12, through you don't have nearly as much time as saving for college. So Patricia shared some tips for finding extra dollars in your budget, including the end of potty training. Families forget that sometimes they have found money, as I call it, money that they either weren't expecting or that they no longer need to spend for a particular purpose. A tax refund would be an example of money that perhaps they weren't expecting or perhaps 
uh, a bonus at their job or a bump in salary. I always suggest when money comes in that you weren't expecting, if you can allocate part of it towards an important goal like higher education, I think it's a great idea. The example that I give in my book about potty training is that's a huge milestone for parents. They are delighted when that child is out of diapers for so many reasons. And if you think about the average amount that you as a parent spend on diapers and diapering supplies, the creams and the wipes and everything that goes along with diapering, I figured Families spend probably on average between $50 and $60 a month. It could be more or less depending on where they are here in the U.S. So I think that's a great thing to do is to figure out what am I no longer spending money on? And maybe it's daycare. Now your child is in a public school and you no longer have those daycare expenses. If you can take even part of what you were spending on the daycare and put it into a college savings account of some type, uh, I think it would add up tremendously. You know, daycare varies across the country, but it's not cheap. We know that. So how long does it take to open a 529 plan? What information do you have to provide and where can you do it? You need the name of an account owner and keep in mind, although it's often the parent of the future student who's their child, doesn't have to be. Anyone here in the U.S., if they meet the other criteria that I'll talk about, can open an account for someone else. You can even open an account for yourself. So you need the name of the account owner, which needs to be an adult you need a social security number for that person or a tax identification number. And you need that same information for the future student or beneficiary as the 529 plans refer to the um, individual for whom the money is being saved. So account owner name, beneficiary name, uh, tax ID or social security number for both, date of birth for both, and then some cursory information such as your mailing address, your email address, contact information, telephone number, et cetera. 529 plans typically do not require, but they ask you, would you like to assign a successor account owner to the account? Most states only allow one person to be the account owner. So Oftentimes with married couples, they like the other person to be the successor on the account who would step in in the event the account owner died or became incapacitated. Um, I'm trying to think what else you need. You'll then need to make a selection in terms of what the investment option will be for that account. And there's a wide range of options to select from. If you're opening an account on your own, meaning without the assistance of a financial or, or other trusted advisor, you can find that information online. Within all of the 529 plan websites, they provide a wealth of information about exactly what the investment options are, how they work. They'll show you past performance so that you can see how they've performed in the past and you can get a sense of what you like. Uh, I would say typically if parents have that information at the ready and they are able to, you know, read through the summary information on the 529 plan websites, I would say 15 to 20 minutes it would take to open an account. You can always change the investment option at a later date. In fact, you could change it twice per calendar year if you decide whatever you originally picked was not for you. 
Now, if you're working with a financial advisor, I think it would just depend on how long your conversation is. Um, You may be meeting by phone or via Zoom these days, or maybe even in person, but it'll depend on how long that conversation is. But the paperwork is pretty easy to fill out. With all the 529 plans you have to choose from, where do you start? Giftofcollege.com might be the perfect place. We have an excellent search tool that will provide information on all of the 529 plans across the country. So it is a good place to start if you don't know where to begin. And you can search by state, you can compare plan by plan. We're not assisting you in opening those accounts. We're providing you with the search tool for you to find out everything you need to know. And then you're ultimately opening the account with the 529 plan itself. And what Gift of College does is enable you, after you've opened your account, to set up a little profile on our site, link your account or connect your account behind the scenes, and then invite people to contribute to it. Um, It's one way to invite people to contribute to a 529 account. Many of the 529 plans themselves have convenient tools uh, to help people, um, to help account owners invite individuals to contribute. So you can use Gift of College in addition to another gifting tool. You can use it exclusively or you can go with, if you happen to have a 529 plan that has a convenient tool, you can go with that um, as well. The thing about Gift of College is we offer, I'm going to see if I have one here. We offer gift cards. I'm holding one up to the screen for anybody who's listening. We have gift cards that are sold on our website um, in denominations starting at $25. And what's interesting about these is you can give them for a baby shower or you can give it together with another small gift for a child. And you don't need to have been invited to contribute. You can give someone the gift card and they then can redeem it themselves into a plan if they already have one through our website, or they can use this as an initial way to get started saving. So that's what's different about Gift of College. We're not affiliated with any particular 529 plan, but our gifting platform works with all plans. Patricia is a wealth of knowledge on the subject of 529 plans, including 529 ABLE plans. These are savings plans designed to help people with disabilities live better, more independent lives. Next week, I'll share my conversation with her about 529 ABLE plans. In the meantime, pick up a copy of her book, Route 529, A Parent's Guide to Saving for College and Career Training with 529 Plans, to learn more about how these plans can give you more choices when it comes to educating your kids. And visit giftofcollege.com to open your 529 plan and get started. If you'd like help creating a budget and finding money for your kids' education, get in touch with me and let's work together. All my contact info is available at sensiblechat.com. Thanks for joining me today. Be sure to subscribe to my Rumble channel and connect with me anytime on MeWe, LinkedIn, USA.life, or Gab. Remember, a little change can add up to a lot of freedom. Do the math, live the life. (music) 